Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Welcome back to the podcast. I am Dr. Sasha High, an obesity doctor and emotional eating coach for women who want to heal their relationship with food and achieve sustainable weight loss. Today, we're talking about integrity to yourself, and that ties in with my last episode where I talked about building self-confidence. Before I get into today, I'm going to ask you something. I do not have sponsorship for this podcast. I don't run ads. I don't make money off this podcast. I love offering it to you for free. So here's my ask in return. If you're listening and you've learned anything on my podcast that has benefited you, I would love for you to share it on your social. Take a screenshot of the podcast, post it to your stories, tag me at Sasha HiMD. When you share, it helps me to reach more people and help more people. So thank you so much. Okay, I've been thinking about the idea of integrity for a while, have wanted to record this for a while. This is just like a core value of mine that I've been mulling over and looking at ways in my life where I need to work on building this more. So last week I talked about steps to build self-confidence and today I want to expand further on this aspect of self-confidence and that is integrity, being integrous with our values and how that is absolutely essential to building and maintaining confidence in yourself. I believe that integrity to self played out looks like two big themes. One is you do what you say you will do. That's integrity to self. And the second one, which is very similar, is that you're living a life that's aligned with your core values. So what I want to do is I want to just give you some examples of ways that we don't do what we say we will do in the small things. I'm just going to give you some really small examples because the small things matter. The way we do the little things, the way we show up in the little ways that maybe no one else sees, you know, the the things that are private to ourselves, that shows up with bigger things, right? If we can't show up for ourselves in the small things, we will not follow through on the big things. So I want to show you some small ways that we degrade our trust in ourselves, our integrity to ourselves, just for your own reflection to start thinking like, oh yeah, you know what? That actually resonates with me. Maybe I need to make some shifts. So the first one is, You set your alarm in the morning and then you hit snooze. All right. I probably, this is probably a sore point for a lot of you with this one, right? (laughs) I know this is really common, but I'm going to tell you why I think that is actually degrading your confidence and degrading your trust in yourself. So imagine this, you're going to bed and you set your alarm for 6 a.m., but you're doing it kind of knowing full well deep down that you are not actually going to get out of bed until 7.15. What message are you communicating to yourself? You're communicating a message that you're saying you're going to do something and you are knowing full well that you're not going to follow through on yourself, right? Just set the alarm for 7.15 if you know that that's what's going to happen, for goodness sake, and get out of bed, right? Just, we have to learn to be honest with ourselves because our, you know, our brains are not fooled. We are not fooled at the core of our being. We are not fooled by this play, right? So don't pretend that you're going to get up and then act surprised when like you roll out of bed at 7.15 and you're rushing and you have no time to make breakfast. And you're like, shoot, I never have time. Making breakfast is so hard. I better stop at Tim Hortons again and grab a muffin like I do every day. 
I wonder how this keeps happening. No, like just be honest with yourself, right? Like going to bed, be like, I'm probably going to get out of bed at 7.15. I'm probably going to have a really rushed morning. I'm probably only going to have 10 minutes. I'm probably going to end up eating a muffin again. Because what that's going to do is by starting with honesty is you can evaluate like, is this really what I want to be doing? But as long as you keep pretending, right? And setting your alarm and then snoozing and pretending and not knowing why, like what's going on that I keep not having time to, you know, have a, the morning that I want to have where I set out my intentions for the day and really establish a really, a really great morning routine. If we're not honest with ourselves, we can't make change. So setting alarm, hitting snooze, I think is degrading your confidence, degrading your integrity with yourself. You can agree with me or not, but I think it is. So think about that one just for reflection. Number two, being late to things. This is really along the same lines is saying we're going to do something, saying we're going to show up for something and meet someone at a certain time and then showing up five to 10 minutes late. Now I am still working on this one. I have not nailed this one, especially since having my children. I can come up with reasons like, oh, it's really hard to get three kids out the door on time. Well, it's on me and I need to own starting getting them out the house earlier. If I know it's going to take an hour, I need to give myself an hour, right? Like that's just the reality. And so my point about this one is like, if you have all these reasons why like, oh, it's so hard to like get my kids ready and stuff like that, own it, own it, own that it is on you to make a better plan, to give yourself more time to get them out the door. Like if that's your thing, right? That's my thing. So that's what I'm kind of connecting with. Consider if you are someone who is routinely late, what message that communicates to yourself Also, what message it communicates to other people, because I will tell you, if I have a friend that I know is always going to be five to 10 minutes late, I will likely stop making plans with that person or adjust my own schedule because I find that very disrespectful. It's like my time is valuable. Also, please don't do that to me. So what are you doing to yourself when you show up late to things? Just something to consider. Again, I'm with you in this. If this is very convicting for you, if you're like, oh, that hits a pain point for me, I'm with you. I'm working on it also. So no judgment. Number three is setting unrealistic goals. Now, how does this show up in health and weight management? Well, let me give you an example. Anytime you tell yourself you're going to give up sugar for the next 30 days, knowing full well that that's going to last about, you know, three hours, (laughs) right? Or I'm going to eat zero carbs, or I'm going to like do this crazy fast to reset my system and detox it. And I'm not going to eat for three days. I'm not saying that those things aren't possible. Like I once fasted for 14 days, but I did it for spiritual reasons and I felt great about it and I really managed my brain about it. I'm saying when you're setting yourself up with goals that you know, you know, deep down are unrealistic and are motivated by a need for rushing the process, right? You want to rush your weight loss. And so you set up an unrealistic goal, whatever you can apply this to so many different things, right? When you are in a rush, you will likely do things that are not sustainable, not realistic. So don't set yourself up for failure, please. Because what it does is it creates this sense of like learned helplessness, right? Where you set an unrealistic goal, you can't meet your own expectation because it was never reality in the first place. You fail and you repeat that pattern and then you think you are just a failure, right? So don't set yourself up to continue doing that. That is never going to move you forward. Number four is you overcommit. Now this ties into number three of setting unrealistic goals. It's the same idea. I'm going to give you a really ridiculous, like not ridiculous, but like a really what could seem minor example. So I have this really wonderful friend. We met at the hospital many years ago. And when I was on my mat leaves with my first two kids, I would 
drive in with my baby and we would meet at the hospital. I'd take her out for lunch and I just really value her friendship. But I am at a time in my life right now where I can't make it a priority to go and have lunch with her in the middle of my work day and like drive there. Right now, I'm just in a season where I don't have time to connect with her in person. And we still text back and forth. And I used to say like, oh my goodness, I'd love to see you soon. Let's arrange. And every time I said that, it would like nag at me because I knew I couldn't follow through. Like I knew the reality was I was not going to be able to get together with her right now. And so we would like sort of half, you know, heartedly try to make plans and then I wouldn't really do it. And it just felt terrible because I knew I was completely out of integrity and I just had to stop saying that. I had to stop texting her that I wanted to get together with her and that, you know, I'd love to see her soon because the reality is I I love her and I am not going to see her anytime soon. And that is okay for this season in my life. So the bottom line is I want to be a person of my word. And when I overcommit and under under deliver, it feels really terrible. So I want you to think, are there areas where you're overcommitting knowing that you can't follow through? How could you turn that around? So the cure for this is undercommit and then overdeliver, right? Be so careful with the words that you speak and the promises that you make. Even this applies like promises that we make to our kids. Like our kids are really onto that, right? Like they will hold us to anything that we suggest like, oh yeah, we're going to do this later. You know, with kids, you just can't get, get away with it because they're going to remember that you said that and they will hold you to it. So it's just just little things that we do where we where things, words and promises and commitments come out of our mouth but then we don't follow through. Every time we do that, it really is kind of breaking down our own trust with ourselves. So undercommit and overdeliver. And the fifth one is we can degrade our ability to follow through and do what we say we'll do when we only do things because we feel like it. So let me give you the scenario. You plan your lunch, you bring it to work with you, you follow a balanced plate. And then at lunchtime, you don't feel like eating your lunch. So you go and grab fast food instead. Let me tell you the truth. You do not need to feel like doing the things that you know you should be doing. The expectation that you need to feel like it in order to do it is a misplaced expectation. We do things all the time that we don't feel like doing, right? We wake up in the middle of the night because our baby is crying or our kids, you know, have just vomited in bed because they've gastro and we get up even though we don't want to because it matters and we care enough to do it. So there are lots of things that we do even when we don't feel like it. We go to work every day. You might not feel like it, right? So I want you to consider where have you believed a lie that you need to feel like it in order to do what truly matters to you? Now, this is like a bigger topic to unpack because if you are setting yourself up with unrealistic expectations, like you're setting yourself up with like really lofty plans and goals that you're not able to meet right now, that's that's gonna set yourself up for failure. So what I'm talking about is you set a realistic plan Then you make your decision of like, okay, when you're in your wise mind, in your best frame of mind, and you're setting the plan for yourself, you're thinking through it, you make the decision to follow through, and then you don't give yourself the opportunity to rethink that decision when it's time to follow through in the moment when you are being impulsive. That is where so much of the like mental exhaustion around weight loss and your eating plan and all that comes from is when you are second guessing yourself, right? And this applies to like so many things. I'm just thinking of business examples right now where, you know, you make a decision and then you kind of go back and forth and you waver on your decision. That is exhausting. Being a person who's just decisive and then learns to follow through on the decisions that you've made when you're in a good state of mind is a skill 
that will clear up so much of the mental energy that you spend going back and forth on like, should I, shouldn't I? I don't really feel like it. Maybe just this once. That is tiring. So you learn that you make a plan when you're in a good state of mind that is considerate of like what is realistic for you in that moment. And then you make the decision ahead of time and you follow through on the decision, right? That is actually a lot easier than consistently giving into your impulses. So let me give you, like, let's just follow out this example of um, planning your lunch and then going to get fast food. When you're first starting out, if you're just like new to this and you're wanting to practice this skill, what this might look like is you are going to make a plan to get fast food at lunchtime, right? Like instead of setting yourself up and saying, I'm going to eat this like really healthy meal of, you know, a lot of women, it's like iceberg lettuce and like boiled chicken breast. Yum. (laughs) There's like no way you're going to want to eat that, right? Then maybe at the beginning you plan to get fast food, but you do a 1% upgrade on your choice. So maybe instead of getting like the burger and the fries, you get the burger and the salad, but you plan for that. You make a decision and you follow through. And then over time, you're like, okay, you know what? I did pretty good on this. I followed through. I made a plan. I followed through. And now I'm going to make a, another 1% upgrade. Maybe today I am going to bring my lunch, but I'm going to make sure it's really yummy and that I'm going to enjoy eating it. And then you pl- practice following through on that. This is how you develop the skill of becoming consistent, by the way, which is one of the core competencies that I teach and said best, best way is the ability to be consistent. It takes practice. So you know, over time, then you tweak the nutritional quality of your lunch and you make it 1% healthier than yesterday. So you do not need to feel like it in order to follow through. And you need to set realistic plans for yourself for where you are at. And then you improve upon that. That is how you set yourself up to win. And that is how you learn to become a person who does things that are aligned with your values and what's important to you, even when you don't necessarily feel like it. Okay, so that was the first half of living in integrity, which is doing what you say you will do. And I wonder if any of those resonate with you. I'd love to hear it. Like send me an email or tag me on social media if this resonates with you. The second half is living a life aligned with your core values. So last night I coached Inside Best Weight on emotional eating. We had a bonus coaching call on this and I explained that emotional eating or I want you to think of any problematic behavior. So a problematic behavior could be lashing out at a loved one. It could be on one extreme. It could be self-harm. It could be drinking alcohol in excess. It could be spending too much money on online shopping. Whatever your problem behavior is, it is not an isolated event. It is a behavior that is part of a chain of events. And in DBT, we call this a behavior chain analysis when we like actually frame this whole whole thing out and we look at it to really understand what's happening. And this chain of events starts with vulnerabilities. So certain things that make you vulnerable to triggers, right? So you have a vulnerability, then you have a prompting event. So something like your boss yelled at you, someone said something mean to you, those would be prompting events. Then you have links in the chain and those links are often like unhelpful thought patterns that you have or distressing emotions that you're experiencing. And then those links lead to the problem behavior, which is the overeating, the overdrinking, whatever that looks like, then there's consequences to that behavior. And if we're trying to address any of the problem behavior, like if we're trying to address overeating, for example, most people, what they do is they try to just focus on that one behavior. So let me change the diet. Let me change my food. Let me count calories and points. That'll get to it. Let me not keep these fear foods in the house. If I don't do that, then I won't overeat. Well, the overeating 
or the problem behavior is just a fruit of something bigger in your life. And if you want to address the fruit, you have to get to the roots, right? You have to go to the root issues. And one such root issue that can drive problem behaviors is when you are living a life that is not aligned with your values. Because living outside of your own value system breeds dissatisfaction, it breeds frustration, discontentment, and unhappiness. So I am going to give you a very, very personal and honest and raw example that maybe is a bit of an overshare, but I'm just going to go for it in case this helps someone. So I've shared before, I used to struggle with binge eating and my binge eating was particularly bad when I was in medical school. And I have reflected back on what's happened. And interestingly, it's actually hard for me to reflect back because so much of like my memories around it are blocked out. Because a lot of times when you're binging, you're like, you're kind of in a trance-like state, you're numbed out, you're not even really conscious to the behavior of what's happening. And that was definitely true for me. Like I'm now remembering things I used to do when I was binging. And like, I, I remember like the foods I used to eat, but a lot of the time, like that's all kind of blocked out. But anyway, when I was in medical school, I was in, I was dating a guy whose value system was not congruent with my own value system. Now, I want everyone to hear, I am not throwing this man under the bus. Some of you listening may have been my friends back then or my classmates. You probably know who this person is. He is a great guy, but we do have very different value systems. And for multiple reasons that I won't go into, that relationship caused me to live out of alignment with my own core values. And that relationship lasted for about two and a half years. And because I was so out of alignment with my own core values, I was extremely insecure. It completely destroyed my confidence. I did, I could not have my own back because I was so ashamed of who I was back then. And it's interesting because I suspect like my classmates would have no idea that that was the case because you never know necessarily what's going on from the outside. But this was my own like internal turmoil. And so I was, I had this constant vulnerability because of my life dissatisfaction and, and the life that I was living that at that time that made me more susceptible to triggers that then led to binging. Right. And I tried to fix the binging by like having a really healthy diet and only keeping healthy foods at home and following different low carb and keto and like trying to do all these things. But that never fixed it because it wasn't about the food. Right. So if we keep on focusing on the problem behavior and trying to just tackle the fruit or the symptom and we never deal with the core issue, we're just going to like keep on going around in circles wondering why this isn't getting fixed. So here's what I would say. If you have a problem behavior that you're like, I do not know why I keep on doing this thing, right? I keep on overeating or I keep on, it could be as simple as like, I keep on not exercising, even though I say that's important. It's an opportunity for self-evaluation right? It's an opportunity to like take a step back and look at your life in a bigger picture and figure out, is there, are there vulnerabilities that are making you more susceptible to triggers and, you know, negative thought processes and general negative emotion, dissatisfaction in your life that is then causing you to use a problem behavior to feel better. I want you to consider, I'm going to make this really practical. The last time you told yourself, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to work out or I'm too busy to prioritize my health because that may kind of give you some clues because the I'm too busy is a mask for something bigger. So this is not a judgment, but I do want you to be honest and I want you to change the phrase I'm too busy to I am not making it a priority to do this thing. 
Okay, so I'm going to give you a light, lighthearted example and then a more like a deeper example. So here's my lighthearted example. A little while back, I my hair was getting ridiculously long. Like I had not cut it in over a year. It is not a priority of mine. My kids and my husband were all asking me to get my hair cut. And I was like looking really scraggly. And I kept telling myself like, I don't have time. I'm too busy to get my hair cut. And one day I just stopped. And I considered that for a moment because I also for a long time had this like image of myself as being someone who had just like great hair and like curled it every day. And I have truly bought all hair products. Like I've bought curling irons, I've bought straightening irons, I've bought like every hair cream and all these things imaginable. And I never, I never actually follow through on it. And I was like beating myself up because I'm like, I want to be this woman who has beautiful curled hair every day. Why do I keep on not doing it? And I realized that I had to switch it. It's not that I'm too busy because if I truly valued this, it is something I would make time for. I had to tell myself that the reality is I don't care enough about my hair to make it a priority right now. So I just had to be truthful with myself. And by being truthful, I could actually evaluate whether it was a priority or not. So I'm just giving you a lighthearted example. It was something like kind of ridiculous, but it made me reflect on a bigger issue, which is how often we use this phrase, I'm too busy, which is not true because we make time for the things that are important to us. Now, let me give you a deeper example. Let's say you are a professional in whatever field, right? A high achieving professional. And you keep telling yourself like, I am too busy to work out. And yet you say that one of your core values is health, right? And moving your body. I want you to switch. I'm too busy to work out to, I'm not making it a priority to work out right now. And the reason that switch is so important because it's, it's just being more honest with yourself and allowing yourself to actually evaluate whether you want to make some shifts to make that happen. So a really nice chain of questioning that can be helpful is when you just ask yourself multiple, you, you ask yourself why multiple times. So I'm not making it a priority to work out right now. Why? Well, because like I'm building my career and it's really important to me. And so I'm taking on extra clients and I'm working really long hours. Okay, well, why? Why are you doing that? Well, because, you know, other people who graduated from my law school class are, you know, making this much money and they're, you know, competing for partner at the firm. And I feel like I need to catch up with them uh, because I had two kids in the past two years and I'm behind. Okay. And why? Like, why do you feel behind? Well, because I am comparing myself to my colleagues. Right. So you ask yourself these series of questions by just saying like, why? And what you get to is at the core of it, what's the problem? The problem at the core of it is that you are living according to a set of standards that society has dictated as important, but that set of standard is not truly your core value system. And yet you're living out this other value system that is not yours. And then that's driving dissatisfaction. So it's really identifying. (laughs) I'm just kind of laughing at myself because I'm like, I hope, I hope you guys are listening. I hope you guys are following along. Like, I feel like I'm going really deep here, but these are the deeper things that we need to evaluate is how are you living your life? And are you happy with how you're living your life? Is that life the fulfilling life that you want? Or are you living out of someone else's expectations for you? Right? For me, it was really breaking out of what are the expectations that came from 
you know, going through U of T medical school and U of T residency and the expectations of downtown academic hospitals and what a medical career as a physician is supposed to look like, I rejected all of it because none of it was satisfying to me. And it's okay. I'm not saying that that's not the right, like that a career in medicine, you know, academic medicine downtown is right or wrong. But for me, it did not align with my own value system. And so I had to have the great courage to take a step back and be like, that is not the life that I want. That doesn't give me, it doesn't align with the values that I have for my family. And the, like my number one value is quality time, like quality time with my kids, quality time with my husband, quality time with God tops everything else. And so I have spent the last five years really evaluating every part of my life and deciding what needs to shift to make sure that I'm living a life that is fully aligned with my values, because that is what brings the greatest fulfillment, the greatest satisfaction, the greatest joy, the greatest happiness. So coming back to my example, I'm too busy to work out. Well, let's change that around to I'm not making it a priority to work out right now. Okay, well, is is working out a priority to you? Is that important? And what lie are you believing that all these other things that you're giving your time to are more important than what you say is your core values? Right? If you say that your family is your core value, and yet the way you're spending your time is that you're overworking all the time, you have no time for your kids, you have to kind of get to the root of what, what is the lie that you've believed? Maybe the lies that you, you've believed is like, I need more money. I need more status. I need to you know, compare with my colleagues and I'm competing with them. Right? Evaluating all of that can really help you identify what is at the root of you not living aligned with your values. Okay, so my closing point is integrity to our values is the cure for unhappiness and dissatisfaction. I'll say that one more time. Integrity to our values is the cure for unhappiness and dissatisfaction. If you are feeling frustrated in your life, if you're dissatisfied with your life, if you are unhappy in any way, don't judge it. Don't beat yourself up. That's not helpful but take it as an opportunity to reevaluate. Are there ways that you are living that are not aligned with your value system? And what can you do? What are the small steps that you can take today to shift? So I'm going to leave you with some reflection questions. If you are someone who wants to like really dig deep with this and reflect, I've got four reflection questions. And if you're someone who's like, I do not have time for journaling and reflection and going deep, then I'm going to give you one action item. Because I want you to act on this. I don't want you to just listen because your life transformation doesn't happen by listening. It happens by application. So if you're going to go deep, here are four questions. Number one, what is truly important to me? Number two, if I could create my ideal life, what would it look like? Number three, are there things I need to stop doing to be more aligned with my values? Number four, are there things I need to start doing to be more aligned with my values? Those are the four questions to go deep. If you don't want to go deep, I want you to consider what is one thing you can start doing to better align with your values today. I want you to take action within the next 24 hours. Do not delay on taking action because you need to build on momentum. Like take the momentum of, you know, if you're feeling motivated, having listened to this, act on it. Even if it's one small step, I want to encourage you to take action. And if you're listening to this and you know that you're out of alignment with your values and it's creating a vulnerability that's making you mask with emotional eating or overeating, I want you to join Best Weight. I want you to do it today. Do not delay on it. This is the deeper work that needs to happen if you want to stop overeating because no diet is going to fix your weight issue if you are using food to feel better about your life. That is the reality. The diet's not going to fix it. But that's the opportunity as well, right? It's like the harsh reality and it's the amazing opportunity because you absolutely can create 
your life intentionally, that create the life that you dream of and that you're so excited about that brings you great fulfillment and great satisfaction, but it does require you being intentional about it. And sometimes it requires you to have the courage to step outside of the status quo as well. So I would love to help you to do that. Go to sashahighmd.com slash best weight to book a free discovery call. That is your starting place. And then we can speak to you and get you started right away. All right. Have a lovely week. I will talk to you again soon. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. If you enjoyed listening to the High on Life podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and review it on Apple Podcasts.